0: Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. All of my vision to do your mission yeah. All of my will to your church We thank you for tonight. Uh, we trust you. We trust in your goodness and in your mercies and we pray that you, you will speak to us tonight from your word. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So first of all, I, I believe I'll share with you from my quiet time this morning and then if there's time, I'll share with you some of the stuff Bishop shared with us in Israel. We were in such a big group of people, but so let's. So this morning I read, like most of those of you who use Bishop's devotional, I read from First Samuel chapter three, verses 1, one through eleven, about meeting God. And um, I'm going to share with you what I learned from it. The, I'm reading First Samuel chapter three, verse one. Shall we pray over the offering? Oh, you prayed over the offering already. Okay. First Samuel chapter three, verse one. It says, "And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli." And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. The Bible says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. There was no open vision. I remember once, I mean, Bishop explained to me what an open vision was. In an open vision, you can't even be sure whether you are dreaming, whether you are, you are praying, and you are seeing you are seeing a whole lot of events typically in the future, and it's um, it's 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 a wonderful thing when it happens to you. And typically, when it first happens to you, you don't even know that that is what is going on. I remember the first time I had that experience. It was I think it must have been in 1987 that Legon was um, closed down again for the second or third time in the time that we were there. If you live in this part of the world, you don't know that they can close universities down. The government can get up and close the universities down because the students are demonstrating or something's happening. And we were in third year, so we were supposed to graduate in June, but we ended up graduating in September. So we were home, and with a lot of time on your hands, for how long can you keep on studying? So I was lying on my bed, and I'd been praying for a long time. And when I, I, I don't know, suddenly I could see the Bishop and his wife and a worldwide Ministry. and I'm telling you it was it was so clear. It was like every single continent. I was weeping, I was sobbing, I was praying, and for years, it was for a very long time I forgot about it. I, did, I think the only person I told was my roommate. it was it was because we were a small group of people, were, as few as these or fewer who met in Kolibu. And one of the things when, the, when God reminded me about that open vision recently. All the things he told me that you see, those things happen when you pray for hours on end. You have time to just pray, not when your prayer has become some a forced thing. I mean, and I mean, it's for it must be from five to six. It must be those days we used to pray, just pray. Any free time we had, my roommate and I, we would you, you would just hear tongues from our room all the time. And the reverence room was like that. There were quite enough, a few rooms in Water Hall like that. And you just saw, and recently I was, when I, when I got to Israel and I realized that this time it wasn't even, um, mostly there were pastors from Afri- other African countries. And I said, Lord, this is what you said, that, they, 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 that, that their lives and their ministries were going to touch people from different parts of the world. There was a group of Francophone um, people. They didn't speak a word of English. If Simone, this sister, Simone didn't show up, they didn't understand anything any of us was saying. You get me? So th- those of us with, the, I mean, our broken French, we were the only ones. So they were always, if they can't find Simon, then they look for us because that was the only way. So it's, uh, then there was a couple from Madagascar. They they looked like Indians, and and I, I, I and it's been it's been how many years since 1987, 97 to th- like 30 years. It's uh, and everything. That, you see, when God says something, it will come to pass. But a lot of the time, we don't believe the word of God. That's why we don't see it. And sometimes, even those of us who used to see things like that when we were younger, we don't see it anymore because we've come and li- we've li- we've lived in the Western world for so long. We don't believe a certain way anymore. We think we are okay until something happens, and then we realize that, hey, we still need miracles. Because there was a time when we believed in miracles. When we were first taught the word of God, we believed in miracles. I remember my roommate and I could stand at Legon, I mean, at the gates, without money in our pockets and expect to get to Kolebu and we would get there. We would get there. We would get, we sat in a taxi once. We sat in a ta- That's how crazy we were right now. It seems crazy because I would never do such a thing now. We sat in a taxi, but we were broke and our parents haven't sent us to be taken. they sent us to school to stay there. You get me? So they give us enough money to be in school. We weren't poor, but we have taken it upon ourselves to join a charismatic church called Kolibu Christian center. So now we have to go to church. So now as we are going to church, how will we get there? So we stand by there, we get into a cup. The number of times we sat down in something like that and where somebody gets out and says, I paid for them. We don't know the person from anywhere. We just say thank you. The the number of times that happened to us, both Bishop Adi and the the guys, all of us, we lived by faith. We believed everything we read in the Bible and in the Kenneth Hagin books. That's the only way to live the Christian life. That is the only way to live the Christian life. But a lot of the time, that's why we, ask, we we get so stressed these days because trust and obey and having faith is the is the only way to go. And the boy, some it, so so, and said there was no open vision at that time. That's why I'm sharing I'm sharing th- this with you. So if you desire it, I mean I mean somebody like L P Pivon, sometimes she can't leave her house because the glory cloud and the, and the things she sees, the heaviness she cannot move. Because she's always praying. You see, but a, a lot of us want to have this life where we dictate to God how much of him we want in our lives, how much of him we don't want, and then we can do the rest of ourselves. So he also watches us. But I, I tell you that if you make it a habit to pray a whole lot, and I'm not talking about, you see, when you're in a prayer meeting and everybody's watching you, it's true, it's good to pray fervently. But that is also not it. Praying by yourself, that is it. You get me? We should come for the prayer meeting. It's a good meeting to come for. But if the prayer meeting is the only prayer that you are praying that week, that first Friday we meet in the Bronx, you should be very afraid though. You see, when, when you yourself as a Christian, you see, some people don't fear God, that's why you're not afraid. You should be afraid that this meeting as I'm pacing up and down, shouting away for everybody to see that this is actually the first time this week that I have been praying. We are all human. Sometimes that's what it is. So rather start confessing your sins as you are pacing up and down rather than Making it like a show that it's like I'm, I'm, I'm here, I've come. You get me? You see, so <laughs> because, you see, it's God, 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 he looks on the heart. The rest of us are impressed. Because as we are sleepy and you are shouting and your tongues are sounding fantastic, you get me? And you are moving up and down. The rest of us, we are impressed, but the Lord, he is not impressed. And he's the one with whom we all have to do. And the Bible says that the child somewhere ministered before the Lord. You see, so a child can minister before God. A child can minister before God, and and and, and, I, and I commend the people who allow their kids to serve in the house of God, because in the in modern Christianity, a lot of time we want what the world wants for our children, and we are not so much into our children serving in the house of God. Bishop talks all the time and I realize that what he's saying is true. That as a pastor, I, I mean, am I even really thinking that my children should do what I'm doing? Because sometimes you yourself are so tired that ah, they, they should try. Maybe they should be careful or maybe they shouldn't do it. So you 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 get what I'm saying? But it's like a child can minister in the house of God and serve God fully. You get me? And it's when you look in the in the natural world, when you look in the natural world, the Hollywood child stars, they don't end well. You get me? People who, Bishop, uh, Reverend Osiris is always talking about how some people succeed too early and fail later in life. It is typically the story of child stars. But in the Bible, the people who are anointed early, typically they go from one degree of glory to another. You get me? And someone was, it's a very good example of that, that he became, other people could see a child, a child that a barren woman had had after many years of not having a child. And yet, he became one of the best-known prophets of Israel. So, when you are dealing with children, one of my friend's mothers, she's a stepmother of many children, she says that when you are dealing with a child, you should be careful. Because one day you'll be old, and you don't know where the chi- who the child will be. So, when people tell her that she's a kind person, she said she lives by that principle, it has helped her. Even your stepchildren, you don't know what any child around you will be. So as you are growing older, be a little more careful of how you deal with children, how you the people you knock the, the young people you are not nice to because you see, you will be older. You get me? My, my one of my sons told me once that be careful how you talk to me. I get to decide whether you go to a nursing home or not. I was so annoyed that day. He said you should be careful, but you see, the principle is the same. You get me? I get to decide whether you go to a nursing home. Whether I put you on the plane to Ghana and go and leave you there, you get me? I'm the one who is going to decide. I'm sure of my two sons, you can imagine who will say that. <laughs> and it came to pass at that time. When, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes you see, Eli was grown old. That's what I'm talking about. You will grow older. So when you are being, you see, the saved children, when you are not nice to them, and you, are, you be careful, you will grow older. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. You see, that's old age. Oh, old age. That's why we all need glasses to read. I don't remember. Nowadays, without glasses, reading is a problem. So I don't even pretend. Some people don't wear it at all. Then they come and then they put it on. I, I, just, I just put it on so that I know I, know I won't see, can't see properly without the glasses. <laughs> and, uh, and, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down again. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For thou didst call me, and he answered, and, and he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now someone did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed in him. I want to say that, you see, Bishop talks about how natural things, the supernatural is often intertwined with the natural, and that is why we don't uh, recognize it sometimes. And here is the boy Samuel. He is in the house of God just like Eli. You see, sometimes we are in the house of God. And we don't even recognize the difference between us and other people around us. The fact that you are in the house of God with someone doesn't make you the same as the person. You get what I'm saying? The fact that I'm called Lady Pastor. When I see people like Joy Dav, If you know Joy, Joy Bruce, she used to be called, she was a Miss Dove. When I meet people like Joy Dav and Lady Reverend and her friends and people, people who were... I mean like they were they were born again when they were kids and they, they rose I mean through the times when they were teenagers. The fact that I'm called Lady Pastor doesn't make me think that I'm like them. You get me? So because when I can't I don't get something and when I have a difficulty and I go to them, they have an answer. You get me? So I don't assume that I'm like them. A lot of us these days, because of the fast tracking of everything and whatever, we assume that as we have come, we are the same as someone like Antiyama you, me? you are not like Auntie Emma, should I tell you why? You are not like Auntie Emma because when she joined Lighthouse in this country, Apostle Joe was a young man from London with nothing to his name, and he had fewer church members than this, and she still stayed in the church. So you are not like Auntie Emma. You can't be like Auntie Emma. You see, because we, can't, we will all be in the resurrection, but we are not the 12 disciples. You see, sometimes when you, when you say these things, people think that you want them to respect the, el- the elderly or the older people in a way that the Bible does not call for. That's not what I'm saying. But you yourself, you see, nobody can make you respect anybody. But you are not like the people. When, 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 I'm, when I'm sitting somewhere and Joy Bruce and the others are there, I am the one who gets up to pick up the food to serve them. Yeah. When, 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 when I was a first year student, they were teaching. What the things I teach these days. So I am not like them. I cannot be like them. I cannot be like them. But when, when you don't see it, you see, you don't have to wait for something to happen and for you to need the person. And for the person to tell you that I've been waiting for you. You, you, you get what I'm saying? You don't, you don't have to wait for that to happen. You, you, don't, you, you don't have to wait. So, 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 yes, be confident in who you are. The Bible says, let no man despise your youth. But still have a certain respect for people who are ahead of you in what you are doing. I, I have I have I have I have never dared go full time. So the people who have gone full time, I must have a certain respect for what they are doing. You get me? Because being full-time is a very different ballgame altogether. You get me? If we decide in the house that hey, our money is getting whatever, I I just go back to I, I just go and look for work. When you're full-time, you're full-time. They can't do that. They don't do that. This is what they do all the time. They and their children. So let's be careful. And then, you see, it's in the natural. It's a call. So he was in the house, but he did not even understand that the call he was hearing was God. But the old man who could no longer see well, the old man who had fallen asleep and needed his hand to lead him about the temple, When he finally woke the old man up, the old man knew that God was calling him. You are stronger than the old man. You can see where the old man cannot see. You don't fall down where the old man will fall down. But you don't know that the voice is God's voice. And you still need him to introduce you to a higher level of the work of God. And if he doesn't introduce you to it, you don't have it. You speak better than the old man. The old man can't use Twitter. He can't use what? What else do you people use these days? Instagram, and he can't use uh, Snapchat or what? Any of those things. He doesn't know how to make one of my friend, my my, my the daughters of my friends on, during the summer. She kept on saying that. Have you seen this before? Then she take your picture. Then she put ears on it and eyes on it. I said, what does it do? I mean, <laughs> of, of what significance is it? <laughs> so useless so thing so far as I'm concerned. You get me? If she's eating, she has to take a picture of the food and send all her friends everywhere in the world. If she's making food in the kitchen, I said, ah, what kind of a life is this? But you see, that is, the other mistake too is not is to disregard everything they do. You also cannot reach any of them. You get me? You also need to learn some of, some of the stuff they do. But what I'm saying is that you still, he still needed Eli to say that this is the voice of God. The old man is about to die. The old man is even going to be punished by God. If we go on reading, you will see. But you still needed him. This same old man that God is angry with. You still need him to tell you that this is the voice of God. Because he did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. But he was also in the temple. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For thou didst call me, and Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. That's what I've been talking about. Eli perceived immediately. The old man knew immediately what it was. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called us at other times, Samuel, Samuel someone answered speak for thy servant heareth and the Lord said to Samuel behold I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it, it shall tingle. I'm going to go on a bit further. Sometimes in your quiet time don't say that. They said 11 so you have read to 11 then you have stopped. The story is obviously will make more sense if you read just a few more verses. If you were reading some useless article about uh, 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 Brad Pitt and Angelina, Angelina Jolie and about wh- wh- whether they are getting a divorce and who is angry with whom. You will read the whole thing from cover to cover. The Bible is 11 verses. You have read right up to the 11, you have stopped. You won't pray about the passage. You won't ask God to show you any, anything. That is, why, that is why when other people are preaching, you are very surprised because you don't take any extra time with the Bible. But these useless magazines in the grocery store When you buy one and you sit down, you can tell us, Angelina Jolie, her first husband was this, her second husband was that, her third husband, now her children, now she... Now, you can tell us everything that happened, why they are divorced, why they are not divorced, but this one, eleven, you have stopped. They said one to eleven. They are lucky that you even read all the eleven. Why would you add twelve? Why on earth would you add twelve? In that day, I will perform against Eli... All things which I have spoken concerning his house, when I begin, I will also make an end. Then he says here, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. I want to read that in a more friendly version of the bible can you give me that in a more friendly version because if I lose the king james then I lose my notes I NLT mm-hmm. whatever you have will, will work okay so I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven I don't like this translation but this one I say the sins of Eli and his sons you see it, it's not Eli because in the king james what it says is that it's the sins of his it's the sins of his sons because you see, his sons sinned and the, God was angry with him because he restrained them not. This is my sentence on the family of Eli. The evil of Eli's family can never be wiped out by sacrifice or offering. You see, this is, this is an example of one of the cases that uh, Bishop was talking about at the camp. So, when you are born in that family, seven, eight generations down the road, you don't even know what is following you. That's why we should all take the camp seriously, neutralize the case. You don't even know what is following you. So this thing is following you when you have been born into that family. This is what is following you. This is the family that you have been. This is the family that you have been born into. So I just want to say that as parents, the, the God was angry with Eli because, mind you, Eli was still working in the house of God. He could even tell the bo- the boy that this is the voice of God. But he, what your children are doing, what do you say about it? Recently, Lady Reverend brought this verse to my attention. She said, God will judge you for the things that you do not say to your children that this is wrong. God will judge you for it. And her verse is this verse that the fact that they did evil and he he was not among the he didn't sleep with the prostitutes at the temple. He didn't do the things that they did. But the fact that he could not stop them. A lot of us parents cannot stop our children. And some of us feel that even if you don't have kids, you as a pastor, you never tell anybody that what they are doing is wrong. You are a pastor, you are a shepherd, you can never that is why God can't trust sheep to you. Because when we were younger, we were told what was wrong. So sometimes we ask we ask ourselves, sometimes I ask myself, do I tell people the way I was told? Because sometimes you look at a person and say, ah, this person is about to be rude why should I tell her? You get me? She can do what she likes. You, you get, but, in, but that is not how we were raised. You will be told. You will be given the chance of being told that the Bible says, X, Y, Z, and D. And of course, you must say it's well. But it must be said well, with strength, politely, but with strength. But the thing is that we are judged for the things we do not say to our children are wrong. We are judged. We will be judged for it. You have a, a child lives in your house. The rule is that we are Christians. All. At the very least, once a week, you go to church. It's not an option. As Bishop says, when you, when you, when you leave the house... Can do whatever you like on Sunday whilst you live here. Even yes, even the dogs and the cats, they are, they are Christians. They go to church. So let's, um, let's, let's, let's be careful what we do not restrain our children about. Let's, let's all be careful about that. And let's also understand that the natural is in the supernatural and you have to be sensitive to the things of God. And if you read Bishop's commentary for today, he says that just as in the natural, when you are not fit... You cannot sense certain things. In the spiritual, too, if you allow yourself to grow... Let, let, me, let, me read, let me read from the commentary, but I don't know if my commentary will come up because I don't have data on my... Okay, I think I have data on my phone. But you will see that if you, if you live a certain way, you will not even know that the, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. you. You will not know that the Spirit of God is speaking to you at all. You just, just give me a moment. I think, I think it's important to read what he said in the commentary about that, and then we'll, then we'll be closing. Um... Pastor Davis posted it somewhere today, right? Yes. Okay. What's up? Okay. The supernatural is often mistaken for the natural. Because of that, the supernatural passes us by, and we do not even realize it. Consider the call of the prophet Samuel. One night he slept. He heard a voice which sounded so much like that of his senior pastor, Eli. Samuel heard this voice thrice and thought each time that it was a human voice. Could it be that the supernatural voice of God is so similar To the natural voice of man. It was the experienced prophet Eli who guided Samuel to receive the supernatural. Some of the thoughts that flash through your mind are from God. They are the voice of God ministering direction to you. Says some of the thoughts. You know that some of us too, every thought we have, we say it's God. (laughs) The flesh is talking. Different things are talking. We say it's God. It says some some of the thoughts. They are the voice of God ministering direction to you. Jesus made it clear that the Holy Spirit would minister to Christians through their minds. The above scripture, John 14:26, explains that the Holy Spirit brings things to your mind. However, if your heart, thoughts, and feelings has, have become fat, stupid, dull, and inattentive, you will never know when the Holy Spirit speaks to your mind. Just the same way, you can't, depending on your physical condition, you will not be able to sense certain things. So your, your spiritual condition matters. Whether you pray regularly, whether you read your Bible regularly, whether you fellowship regularly—it matters. It determines whether or not you you will be you you will know that this is the voice of God. This is of God. This is not of God. And sometimes it's a split-second decision. There isn't that much time to decide to follow this or not to follow that. Okay. So then, and then I promise that before we close, I'll share in Israel I, every morning. Bishop, I mean, shared about for about 40 or 45 minutes before the talks with everybody. And and the first day he shared from Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 10. Isaiah 30 verse 10. Isaiah 30 and verse 10. Can you give me that in the King James, please? Isaiah 30 verse 10. It says, they tell their spiritual leaders, don't bother us with irrelevances. They tell their preachers, don't waste our time on impracticalities. Tell us what makes us feel better. Please give it to me in the King James this time. Which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceit. You see, so go back to the other one. And now that we have seen this one, go back to the other one. The message, yes. This is my sentence. No. <laughs> Isaiah 30 verse 10, please. They tell their spiritual leaders, don't bother us with irrelevances. They tell their preachers, don't waste time on impracticality, in, impracticalities, tell us what makes us feel better. He was talking after, he, he let everybody introduce themselves, apart from those of us who were working. And he said that, you see, as when he came up with Lady Reverend, all he said was that, you see, so as everybody's introducing themselves, it's like, I am so, so and so um, bishop this, or Reverend this, I have a church this size in this country, I, coming from here. They came, came from different parts of Africa, Madagascar, Zimbabwe, different places. And he said, I see, it sounds so nice, but the truth of the matter is that there was one pastor there, he's a widower. There was another one there, he was divorced. The truth of the matter is that not everybody has a nice story. And the way Christians present themselves sometimes, it makes it difficult for anybody whose story is not so nice to come up front. And because the perfect picture is created, you know, Bishop, the perfect picture is created, so-so-and-so and his wife, and we have, somebody said we have six children, somebody said we have eight children, somebody said we have four children, and then some people went on to tell us more things about their children, and so, I mean, I was quite taken aback when Bishop went up and said, wow, how great you all sound, and how powerful everybody sounds, and then he said that that is what happens. The smooth talking and the nice talking is so much in Christianity these days that the real things cannot be said. It says that I said that as pastors, we don't only have to say the smooth, nice things. It is a picture, so it's the same thing with the shepherd. It's a picture that confuses people with difficulties. When all the pictures are nice, when all the stories are nice, when all the stories are perfect, it confuses people with difficulties. And there are always people with difficulties around and then he says that if you read watch the movie against all odds it's a movie about the formation of Israel and he said that Israel had ceased to exist since, since AD 70 and hitler had had um, come against the jews and everything you will see that not all stories are nice you get me? If when when you are there this time I the last time we were there we didn't go to Yad Vashem but this time bishop was there we went to Yad Vashem those of you who i mean went the last time The tour with Bishop on the tour is different because when they finish the historical Israel, he starts from the Bible. And he's he's been there quite a few times. So he makes it so much more relevant. This was a good trip the last time, it was better this time. And he says, Stories are too perfect and too smooth in the church of God sometimes. It is good to have good stories, but we must always be mindful of the fact that people have difficulties, people have struggles. And people have really serious difficulties. So as shepherds and as pastors, as people who have been in the church for a long time, uh, sometimes to, sometimes it's not even the time to share the nice story. Just because of not, not, not you, you don't have to look depressed. Or if you are, you, you are, your life is good, I mean, your life is good, it's true. But don't um, emphasize it in such a way that other people feel that God is not in their lives. Because God is in all situations. When you when you when you read the chapter in Hebrews, he I mean the people who are there, they were, some of them had the great things happen for them, and the people who were son asunder, and the people, the man whose daughter had to be sacrificed when he was coming home, they are all in the, in the life, the story of faith. So that's one of the things. First things he shared when we went there, he said everybody sounds so great, but there are people here. He said, and then people, he said, there's someone here. His wife died. There's somebody here, he's a widow, a widower. There's somebody here, he has unfortunately had a divorce and he's still having to go on with his church without the the marriage. So I'm, none of those things is a good thing, but what I understood what Bishop, and I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. So as shepherds, as pastors, as people who have been around for a while, let's be a little more sensitive to the difficulties of other people around us. Amen. Amen. I believe... I, I believe um, we, are, we are. I'm done for. I'm done for tonight. Um, I pray that everything is okay with Reverend and Pastor Davis. I'm sure you, are, you will all be praying with them. And then I also want to. Uh, we take a second offering on Tuesdays. Okay, Mommy is going to take that on my behalf since I wasn't expecting to come come up front. So Mommy will take that and then um, we'll, and then tights as well. Oh, okay. So i okay, I can do that then. Okay. So if you are here, you're.